Good afternoon, dear listeners. You are tuned into CJSR FM 88.5, and this is Moving Radio. I'm your host, Christian Zip, and join me, please, won't you, for the next one half hour as we take a look at local, Canadian, and independent cinema. Well, if you listened to last episodes, uh, last week's episode of Moving Radio, uh, you know that I talked with Ray Guanari about his films Harvard on Hudson as well as Buffalo Boys. And uh, I have part two of that interview with Ray coming up on this program as we get a little bit more in depth about both those films. So stay tuned for that one. On the significantly local tip, it's independent film meets grassroots glamour. That's right. It's time once again, people, for Fava Fest. From March 25th all the way through the 29th here in Edmonton. What, pray tell, is Fava Fest? Well, it is a local festival uh, on a small scale, I guess, that helps to celebrate local filmmakers. Most of it taking place at the Ortona Room. That's 9722 102nd Street. It's the home base of the Film and Video Arts Society of Alberta. Melissa Thinglestad has been nice enough to talk to us about it and tell us about all the amazing highlights that are going to be afforded to you if you decide to attend, and I hope you do. Fava Fest. As well, on top of that, we give you a little bit of info about Clue, which is going to be actually screening at Wonder Bar in an interesting little format. So we got a little bit of local content with Fava Fest as well as Ray Guanari as we talk to him about part two of our interview about his film Harvard on the Hudson. It's all that and a little bit more on this week's edition of Moving Radio with me, your host, Christian Zip. Joining us on the phone today is uh, it's one of my favorite guests, even though sometimes I snub her accidentally uh, due to traffic. It's Melissa Thingolstad. She is the Director of Communications and Membership Services. Try fitting that on a badge, people, at the Film and Video Arts Society of Alberta. Melissa, welcome back to the program again. Hey, thanks, Christian. It is always a pleasure having you on. Well, we're happy to uh, be as supported as we are by uh, you and CJSR, so it's awesome. Yes, it is a good thing. And you know what's amazing is that uh, this is a good time of year for you guys to celebrate. Uh, you know, what, Can I say maybe is FavaFest uh, the biggest weekend of the year for you guys, or, or am I wrong about that? No, I think, yeah, I, no, you're definitely right because it's, I mean, it's a, it's a six-day festival for us, so... There's a lot of uh, there's months of work that goes into preparing for it, and uh, we have lots of different events, and we are going to be having a new festival this fall as well. But up till now, it's definitely uh, the biggest noise we make all year round, for sure. All right, and you've labeled it independent film meets grassroots glamour. I like that, uh, <laughs> and it goes. It takes place from March 25th to 29th. Just for anybody who's maybe uninformed or uh, hasn't heard of this before, maybe let's give them a little lowdown about uh, what Fava Fest really is. Yeah, you bet. Uh, this is our third annual Fava Fest, and so what we do is we have um, our membership can apply for awards of excellence and production awards. And uh, then we go through the selection jury and look through all the films and we uh, select winners. And then throughout the week leading up to our big awards gala for that, we host a trade show and an artist talk and we screen the best 
from all of the films that were submitted for the Excellence Awards. And this year, what's really exciting and a new addition is, is we're also screening the best, it's alongside the best in the world. So we're screening um, shorts from the Sundance Film Festival and shorts from the Cinema Eye Honors Competition. So Sundance is fiction and Cinema Eye is nonfiction. And uh, and then the gala night, we uh, everybody straps on their finest duds. All of our staff gets decked out in tuxes and uh, this big cocktail reception and awards and. Um, we give over $17,000 worth of cash awards to our membership. We have the Wet Secrets playing at the end of the night, uh, silent auction and fun kind of stuff to do during intermission and mixing and mingling. It's a big excuse to just get together and remember what this community, this indie filmmaking, media art community is. And, uh, and like I said before, make some noise about it. You've summed it up beautifully there, Melissa. Uh, it's FabFest. It's going to take place on March 25th to 29th. And maybe uh, this year you've got everything happening in one location, right? Or tone of room. This is like your home base. So basically you get to, you know, see all the stuff and uh, everything happens in one location, right? D- does that work better for you guys to be centralized at kind of your, your offices, if you will? Yeah, no, I think what we like about it is uh, we get to bring people to to the home base so that they can check out the facilities at the same token. And um, we're kind of, I often joke around that we're in the Bermuda Triangle of Edmonton. It seems to be a, a strange building to find sometimes for people. So um, it's the test to get people out here and, and have them discover the place. And uh, the building itself is um, is really unique and I think something to be experienced and uh and it seems to be the right kind of indie home to hold the festival. And then we move things over to Metro Cinema, which is, you know, also the home to screening independent films in the city for our gala night. And and it's great to kind of just branch out and open up. And because you know, there's usually between 250 and 350 people out at our at our gala. It's certainly not just for our members. It's also people who are film enthusiasts and enthusiasts in the public, and everybody's welcome. The cool thing about the gala too is we are we've commissioned six works for this gala actually. So the it'll open up with uh, a special live collaboration between uh, local filmmaker Wes Myron and classical pianist Cameron Watson. It's a commission through Fava and the Alberta College Conservatory of Music, and we're really excited to start things off with that. And then we have um, five short one-minute films that were commissioned specifically for the announcement of our new festival coming up in the fall called the Got a Minute Film Festival. That's a partnership with Patterson One Stop. All right, so Melissa, uh, you know, as I'm a, I love weekly magazines, especially ones that deal with culture in town. Uh, and I look on the back of uh, View, be, it'd be like you got the back cover. It's fantastic with all the FabFest pictures on there. And what's really cool is they have a good breakdown of, uh, of all the stuff that's going on for the weekend. But I do want to say, that they have mistakenly printed that uh, your Fava Gala will be at the Ortona Room. It is at the Metro Cinema, correct? Yes, absolutely. We definitely need a bigger space than the Ortona Room for the gala. It's yeah, you... between 250 and 350 people. So that's a that's an error on our part. So don't go there. Go, definitely go to Metro Cinema. It's all okay. All right, well, let's talk about some of the people that you really want to celebrate um, with this this weekend. And I guess maybe one of them is uh, is the March 25th uh, thing where you're going to have a toast to Rick Gustafson. Uh, tell us a little bit about himself and uh, and why it's important to have maybe, you know, uh, something happening on the 25th specifically for Rick. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Last year, we started having the uh, Outstanding Achievement Award added to our list of awards that were going out because we really felt that it's important to acknowledge uh, the dedication and commitment that our filmmakers and media artists have toward their craft. Rick Gustafson is a, is a real special one because he's not only a 39-year veteran of the Alberta motion picture industry, but he is a founding member of FAVA itself. Um, so on the 25th, we're going to host an evening in celebration of Rick. He has worked on over a 1,000 short films seven features. Uh, I think he's worked on every continent except the Antar- I think except for Antarctica. He kind of defines um, the spirit of community and collaboration that is involved in a film co-op and in the filmmaking process. So we're we're really excited to be celebrating Rick and his achievements. And uh, and as like most of, and if not all, I guess of all the events, it's admission by donation, which is really I think is an amazing thing. That's smart because, you know, if your tax bracket allows you, you can get a little bit higher on the, uh, you know, the pay scale. Or if it's a little bit lower, then you can afford it a little bit more to go see all this stuff. So it's not like you have to buy a pass or anything to this, right? No, not at all. We 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 really try to stand firm on the admission by donation for most of our events because, again, like you said, we, if you if you can afford it and you want to give us, uh, you know, a healthy a healthy dose of uh, uh, dollars will we'll totally take it. But at the same token, we want everyone who wants to attend to be able to attend. That's really important to us. Um, it's, you know, filmmaking itself is an incredibly expensive art form. So we know all of our membership is going to be struggling to make it. So uh, why not open the doors to everyone? It's, it's an important art form. We tell a lot of our stories through it these days, and we want everyone to access the festival. I think it's important too because uh, some people may not get as much of an opportunity as they they think they can in order to see um, what you know local filmmakers are up to, and you guys do an amazing job of facilitating that on a regular basis. And this is maybe just a you know a way to do it on a larger scale uh, and also celebrate them uh, over the course of a weekend, which is really nice. Uh, maybe do you want to talk about some of the uh, the good success stories that you've had? Uh, throughout the year, and and people that you're going to be featuring who are local artists at Fava Fest uh, from the 25th all the way through to March 29th. Certainly, on the Thursday evening uh, of Fava Fest, that is our artist talk evening, and we're going to be hosting uh, around the world with Clearwater Documentary and Fava members Naomi Thompson and Aaron Munson are going to be giving a kind of an exclusive preview of their upcoming CPC Nature Things documentary series, The Human Odyssey. Right now, they're actually in Siberia, so we're crossing our fingers that they make it back. But um, they'll be here kind of telling us all about their adventures from all over the world. And uh, We're quite thrilled as, um, you know, Niobe is an award-winning well, both Niobe and Aaron are both award-winning filmmakers in their own right. So, uh, And the fact that they are from Fava, out there in the world, doing uh, really amazing things is something to celebrate. Uh, as I said earlier, Wes Myron will be featured at our gala with a brand-new commission um, in collaboration with uh, a pianist, Cameron Watson, who will be performing live at the gala alongside the film. And we have uh, five short films as a part of announcing our God of Minute Film Festival. Uh, and those artists who have created those films are Lorna Thomas and Derek Sharpland, who are longtime staff members, uh, Eric Spoth, Eric Osberg, uh, Scott Portengale, and Christina Ayana. 
There we go. And they were all commissioned to read a short one-minute work uh, in honor of that great big announcement of our brand new festival, co-produced by Patterson One Stop. It's an independent film meets grassroots glamour. It's FavaFest taking place March 25th to 29th. The majority of the celebration is going to be taking place at the Ortona Room. That'd be Fava's home base. That's 9722 on 102nd Street. Uh, and most of the events are going to be admission by donation. If you want to check out the Fava Gala, which I think is going to be a lot of fun too, that's going to be happening at the Metro Cinema. You know where that is, just off the High Love Bridge on 109th Street. It all kicks off at 6 p.m., and you can check out Wet Secrets at 11 p.m. Uh, it's a lot to offer here, and uh, I'm really impressed by the amount of material that you're going to have and, and some of the guests you're going to be having in and, and being able to, like I said before, uh, celebrate people that have had a long uh, career within film in Edmonton and in connection with Fava, as well as you know the people who are maybe just starting out and uh, you know cutting their teeth uh, by making shorts for you guys as well. Melissa, you know this isn't necessarily something where it's like, yeah, a major fund drive for the year or trying to get more members. But I mean, this is always a good thing, right? To be able to, uh, you know, donate and also maybe hopefully become inspired too, right? Uh, is it kind of meant to, to help break down that wall a little bit and maybe uh, get some people more interested in what you guys are doing and see the level of content that you guys actually put out? Absolutely. Certainly a big part of FabFest is the outreach factor. I think sometimes we, we I mean, our filmmakers in Edmonton kind of tinker away in isolation in their garages, right? And and so, uh, and certainly you come together in big groups to make the work, but then everybody kind of hides away in their dark rooms editing. So this is a great way to let the public know how much work actually is being done in this city annually and the excellence that's really kind of that's coming out in, in different art forms, from narrative to documentary, animation, experimental, music video, um, they're all happening. And uh, it's again, I think it's sometimes something we aren't we aren't as aware of as we could be. And uh, and we want people to know that Fava is here as a resource. Certainly, Fava itself doesn't make work; our members make work. We're here to facilitate. Um, the production and exhibition of that work however we can. It is an artist-run center, so everybody that works here is an artist. Um, so that's an added resource that we can actually provide for people. But the festival um, the festival is for our, in a way to bring our membership together, to have a party. Uh, it's to let the greater public grow their awareness of what's happening all around them all year long in the city with regards to filmmaking. And the gala, at the end of it all, the gala is a bit of a fundraiser for us as well, for our endowment fund to kind of secure the future of filmmaking in the independent Albertan scene. All right. It all kicks off on the 25th and goes all the way through the 29th. You know, if you've been to Image International, if you go to Dead Fest, if you go to Global Visions, you should be going to Fava Fest. Uh, independent film meets grassroots glamour. Melissa, if people want to find out more, their uh, their curiosities piqued by this interview, where can they find out more information online? The full schedule is uh, listed on our website at fava.ca. That's F-A-V as in Victor, A.ca. Fantastic. Our guest today has been once again Melissa Thingolstad. She's Director of Communications at Fava. Melissa, thanks so much for talking to us again on the show. We always love it uh, when we get to spend a little bit of time with you. Thanks for having me.
Hey, this is Matt. And this is Jason. We're flogging Middlemen 4. You can check us out on middlementv.com. That's middlementv.com. Check out our films, everything. We are on Moving Radio. CJSR FM 88.5. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was too over the top. Way over the top. (laughs) If you were listening to the last episode of Moving Radio, you caught part one of our interview with this director, writer, and, and more. He's, he pretty well does everything on his films, editor, whatnot. Ray Guanari. Here we go. It's part two of our conversation with director, writer, Ray Guanari. So you mentioned the style of the film being uh, very focused in in it being a visual tale and, and not really dialogue heavy. It sounds like, you know, for yourself, you feel like you're really taking a chance uh, with Harvard on Hudson. How do you kind of balance that where you feel the need to to maybe, you know, spread your wings creatively a little bit, understanding that you are taking a commercial role, the dice, when you do a project like this? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's probably my biggest fear, to be honest. I don't have huge investors on this film. I don't I don't really feel like I, I have a need to please anyone. I'm still very early in my career. Um, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty young. I'm 24. I made my first feature film when I was 21. Um, this is my second film. Um, I feel I just felt like the time was right for me to try to take the risk. Um, I'm in the right place. Mm-hmm. I'm a. I have a fellowship at the City College of New York. I don't. I don't have like a job or like a wife or kids that I need to like. You know, like if if I if, if I fall if I fall I I'm not going to fall too far. Basically, is what I'm saying. Um, so I felt like the time was right for me to to really take the risk. Um, but it, it, at the same time, you know, it's like wherever I was in my career, I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to make something that was a disappointment. Um, but you know, I I mean, we're almost done with the film and. At this at this point, just with the reaction that we've gotten so far, I don't think that that's, that's going to happen. But there was more of a concern for me in the like planning and you know during process where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm really doing something different here, you know. But I, I think we succeeded in executing that vision, so it's not really that much of a concern. We're speaking on the phone today with Ray Quinari. We're discussing his brand new film. It's called Harvard on Hudson. He's just kind of finishing it up, so hopefully it's going to be out there and people will be able to see it in some very few coming weeks. And uh, hopefully later on, maybe summer, fall, we'll be able to see it somewhere on the festival circuit uh, closer to home here in Edmonton, if possible. Or if you're listening around the world, that's okay, too. Uh, Ray, can you take us back a little bit and and maybe tell us a little bit about the story of Buffalo Boys, plot-wise? Like I said, Harvard on Hudson is a pretty significant departure from that. Um, Buffalo Boys is is a drama about uh, a young man inspired by the true story of of a friend of mine um, in middle school and high school. Um, He's 15 years old, and he finds out that the man who raised him is not his biological father. And he and his best friend become involved in a plot to murder this old woman uh, to collect her life insurance policy, and they see this as an opportunity to escape their troubled family lives. Very personal film to me, story-wise, and because it was set in my hometown, Buffalo, New York, um, and we shot it there 100% on location um, in some of the real places where the characters 
actually hung out and, you know, and lived. Doing something like that, that really does follow the convention of storytelling, um, whereas Harvard on Hudson is more of an experiment in that it, in that it doesn't, um, was, was, was very interesting to go from one to the other and a really huge learning experience, something I'm grateful for. Now, uh, with a film like that, what do you think was the learning curve for you now from Buffalo Boys to, you know, three years plus later working on Harvard on Hudson? What what kind of things do you think that either how you evolved or what you learned? The day after we wrapped production on Buffalo Boys, I sat and thought to myself, damn, I could make a much better movie now. <laughs> and then the day we wrapped production on Harvard on Hudson, I sat down and thought to myself, damn. I can make a much better movie now. Because, like, every film is a learning experience. And I think what I learned from Buffalo Boys was, I mean, the basics. You know, I had made a few pretty bad short films messing around on a DSLR before I made Buffalo Boys, but I, I pretty much jumped right into making a feature film, a first-time director. So, I mean, I learned a lot. It would be really hard to pin certain things down, I think, some of the biggest ones are, are on the production side, where don't be afraid to ask for help when you need it, um, or ask for something, ask for resources when you need it. Communicating with actors, I think, is the biggest one, and how to really just manage a situation and lead. Leadership is extremely important as a director, being able to, um, you know, when, when something goes wrong or just keeping everyone in the right mindset. I mean, I'm not just talking about your actors, even like from your DP to your PA, you have to really have a lot of trust in people and have people fully trust you and be on the same emotional wavelength. Um, because that energy that exists on set is so vital for the focus of the actors and, and your focus as well. And I, I'd say, like, you know, that those lessons were mostly Buffalo Boys. I think the one-on-one -on -one communication with um, my actors is the thing that I, I really feel like I developed with Harvard on Hudson. I feel like I've come up with a, a way of knowing what I want to communicate to them to get what I want from them. Um, but then again, every actor is different, so who knows? I may... I may learn, I'm, sure I'm going to learn a whole bunch of new things on the next film. Um, I think it was like, I think it was Kurosawa um, who said that. One of my, my uh, professors um, at film school said that to me. Um, every, Kurosawa said that every, every film is a learning experience. And I mean, I, you know, I feel like I could, I could write a book after each production and just lessons learned. I wish I could learn them all at once so I wouldn't have to make any mistakes, but that's part of the process. We're speaking on the phone today with Ray Guineri. We've been discussing his film, Harvard on Hudson, and the completed Buffalo Boys. Ray, we just talked about Buffalo Boys. Um, people that are interested in your work now, how can they get a hold of that film? We're in the process of uh, working out a distribution deal. Um, we've heard from a couple different companies. We, we actually decided to rework, remaster the, the color correction on the film, you know, like it was, it was a first time film. So we, we made some mistakes a year and a half later. We realized that we could have done some things with the, with the final cut of the film that would really improve the quality of the picture, um, as well as the audio mix. So we actually just went back 
over this this past winter and remastered the film, and it looks, I mean, tremendously better than the last last few screenings that we had at some film festivals in the Northeast stateside. So we're going to send out some more film festivals, and now we're we're resubmitting those the, the 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 new remastered version to a few distribution companies. So you know, hopefully, we'll we'll have some more screenings in the next uh, in the next year or so, and then possibly available on DVD or on demand, um, maybe even like Netflix or, or Hulu or something like that online. Right, but right. the best way to to stay informed about that is um, by visiting our website, buffaloboysthemovie.com. We're, you know, surely once a screening is announced or any kind of distribution deal is announced, it will be on that website. Yeah, I was just going to mention that's a good central place to go to uh, to figure out that, about that movie. Uh, also, to uh, you're on Twitter. How else can people find out a little bit more about yourself and your work, Ray? Uh, now that hopefully we pique their interest. Yeah, you can check out um, com as well as um, my Twitter account, which is at Ray Guaneri. I know I got a lot of letters in my last name. I'm just realizing now this is going to be it's going to be tough. I have, a, I have a tough career ahead of me. You know what? You'll just get so big that they'll be forced to spell it correctly, Ray. <laughs> right. And people will look foolish for spelling your last name wrong. <laughs> I, I have sympathy for anyone who has to spell my last name. <laughs> a lot of letters in there. Very Italian. Yeah, it is, it is, it is. Ray, i got to tell you, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, I wish you the best of luck as you were just, uh, you know, really just trying to finish up Harvard on Hudson. I know you got some big plans in the future for it, um, and uh, I'm very excited yeah. to hear about it. Hopefully we can talk to you again in the very near future and, uh, and see how things have been going for you on this project and hopefully even bring it here. Every person in this room has the perfect motive. Stand back! For murder. What do you mean? Murder. But only one of these suspects is the murderer. Is it the timid Mr. Green? Ah! Why are you screaming? Because I'm frightened! Why? Screaming! Or the militant Colonel Mustard? If I was the killer, I would kill you next. Huh? Sit Mrs. White, who helped her husband on his way. Well, it's a matter of life after death. Now that he's dead, I have a life. Ah! Miss Scarlet, who's helped many men along the way. Practice makes perfect. Professor Plum, who's looking for a way. I'm looking, I'm looking. Mrs. Peacock. I have absolutely no idea what we're doing here, but I am determined to enjoy myself. Or did the butler... On Wednesday, March 26th at Wonder Bar, hashtag Yegflix presents... The Community Movie Live Tweeting Event. That's right, the name says it all. Hashtag Yegflix is a communal cinematic experience akin to Mystery Science Theater 3000. But you're making the jokes yourself on Twitter, and your tweets are being projected right beside the screen for all to see and draw mirth from. It's a new, semi-regular event at Wonder Bar. They tackled Space Jam and Jumanji, and this time, it's the 1985 version of the indelible Parker Brothers game, Clue. That's right, the one with Tim Curry. Plus, the comic tunes of Success 5000 will close out the evening after the movie ends, which also, by the way, has three endings. So, if you want to go down to the Wonder Bar on Wednesday, March 26th at 9 p.m., hashtag Yegflix presents Clue. And guess what, people? It's pay by donation. 
that about wraps it up for this week's edition of Moving Radio. Once again, uh, FavaFest, March 25th, all the way through the 29th. All of the events are pay what you can, so you want to make sure that you check that out. As well, I suggest that you go check out the Grand Budapest Hotel, which is opened up at the Princess Theatre as well as South Edmonton Common. Hey, you know what's very exciting? Calgary Expo is coming, and guess what? They have on April 26th, Aliens Exposed, with Sigourney Weaver, Michael Bean, Bill Paxson, Lance Henriksen, Paul Reiser, my God, pretty well all the major people associated with the film Aliens. That's right, James Cameron's sequel, although I doubt that James Cameron will be making an appearance himself, but you never know. Cross your fingers, people. It could happen. Everything else there is, well, everybody else majorly involved is going to be there. So another reason to go check out the Calgary Expo. And finally, as well, you heard it a little bit earlier in the show, on Wednesday, March 26th at 9 p.m., it's Yeg Flicks, the community movie live tweeting event is going to be at Wonder Bar. It starts at 9 p.m. Like I said, it's kind of like Mystery Science three, uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000, except uh, you're making the jokes yourself via Twitter. They're going to show Clue up on the big screen at Wonder Bar. Make sure you check it out. All right, if you want to catch up with old episodes of Moving Radio, all you need to do is go to iTunes, or you can go to the SoundCloud. Just type in the keywords Moving Radio and get caught up. As well, you can follow me on Twitter, at Moving Radio, and Instagram, guess what? Moving Radio. That's right. I try to be making it simple for you people. But coming up next, it is the finest in feminist radio on the mighty, mighty CGSR. It's Adam and Eve. Thank you.